0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner cruised towards re-election, easily besting her opponent in the city's Democratic primary. Opponents had spent heavily to take her down. She still won 61% of the vote. Not one week later, Governor Mike Parson proposed legislation that would allow the Missouri Attorney General, quote, concurrent jurisdiction with the city of St. Louis. Basically, it would allow the Republican to step in and take over the prosecution of certain high-level felonies in St. Louis City. These are cases handled everywhere else in the state by local prosecutors. And joining me to talk about that plan is St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So barely a week ago, you were celebrating victory. Did you think you'd at least get a chance to catch your breath before something like this proposal from the governor? Well,
1: I mean... It's been happening day one since I've taken office, and the continual attacks and misinformation has been led by the Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, who's never been elected. And before the election, um, we know that the governor has a personal interest as, to attack on an individual case that we're dealing with. So uh, I did not think that this will go on after I won overwhelmingly, and the people of the city of St. Louis has doubled down on um, the, the want and the need for reforming. A criminal justice system that has not only broken, it needs to be dismantled and rebuilt for justice. So, no, mm-hmm. I didn't think this would take place as it has, but it, nothing surprises me anymore.
0: Now, you mentioned the governor um, had an individual case where he had an interest in the outcome. Is that referring to the McCloskeys?
1: Yes, we all know what we're talking about. He's made statements that he's talking about an individual case and even the attorney general from President Trump, as well as Senator Josh Hawley to Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who has has basically um, decided to inject themselves into the personal discretion of a prosecutor to actually investigate any criminal activity in their jurisdiction. So, you know, that is the conversation that they started. And it's actually a dangerous proposition we're going into in the state of Missouri when you have these individuals, the powerful few who want to inject themselves into the prosecutorial discretion.
0: So this concurrent jurisdiction, I was talking yesterday to our criminal justice correspondent, Rachel Lipman, and she says the way she reads this law, it would allow the state attorney general um, to just kind of hop in on any case um, in certain types of cases, things like homicides, high-level felonies, that he could just choose which ones he wanted to take and could just just jump in there and take them over. It seems like beyond the problems with them stepping in on your jurisdiction, this could be a pretty chaotic process. Has anybody talked to you about how they see this actually working in a way that would be efficient?
1: Well, I mean, once again, the Attorney General has been on the record for um, putting out misinformation. It started with the COVID-19 pandemic, this dangerous virus we're all dealing with, and how we, um, like other jurisdictions, decided to work to reduce jail churn, to actually protect the community by looking at how we can reduce pretrial individuals who have not um, been found guilty and they're low-level, nonviolent individuals to release them safely when they weren't a public safety threat. So that was one issue. Then it went from the looters and rioters that we let everybody out when he knows um, that that was found to be a lie and misinformation put out there and simply was not true because we don't release anyone, and that's the police job when they don't bring certain charges within a certain period of time under Missouri law. And so now we're at this other um, misinformation and lie put out by the governor as well as the attorney general that I'm not issuing murder cases when we all know most violent crime in the city of St. Louis does not even come to our office. I mean, we have statistics where over 62% of rapes were never even brought to our office. Mm -hmm. So when we put out misinformation and we have a political pandering um, method of doing our jobs, which, to be honest with you, is really to distract from the failed and flawed approaches of addressing the COVID-19 pandemic that we're dealing with, it's the trend of let's misdirect and cause fear and divisiveness when we know the real issue is, is to address issues with the criminal justice system is to, one, look at what are the reasons why most, most of these violent crimes have been unsolved for decades, even before I took office? One, lack of trust with the law enforcement and, 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 and talking with law enforcement in the criminal justice system is one reason. And lack of witness and victim participation. And so how do we address that? We don't address it by this divide that we're putting out fear and misinformation. And actually what they're sending a message is that some people think the system only works for certain people.
0: Mm. So as you referred to there, the governor has um, tried to make this point that not enough people are being charged with murder. Um, St. Louis has had 162, I believe, uh, killings so far this year. The governor has said that only 33 people have been charged in that. What you're saying here is uh, the police are not bringing those cases to you. Have there been any cases this year where there's been a, a murder in St. Louis? The police have brought, case, uh, brought a case to you and you've said this case is not ready for primetime. I'm, I'm sending this back.
1: I mean, what what we want to talk about and what I want to focus on, there's many reasons why a case. And one of the reasons that cases are not brought is lack of evidence. Mm-hmm. They're still under investigation. There's no time limit in investigating a murder. Actually, there's no statute of limitations in murder. Right. So for someone to put this artificial, this case has to be solved in a certain period of time, that's simply not... The truth, and that is not how things work when people are looking at complex cases of homicides. They they take a period of time because one, witness witnesses and victims are afraid to come forward, or they have to kind of do follow up and, and working the scene. That takes time, and so for some reason, to one, they're really talking about how we can look at how the police department need to strengthen up their investigation capacity so they can clear a lot of these unsound homicides. But one of the issues is people are afraid to come forward, or actually there is no witness at that time. And so mm-hmm. that's where working together is crucial, not this divisive racial animus rhetoric that is put out by the governor as well as the attorney general to, to cause fear and divide. And what is is sad is that the governor never cared about the people of the city of st louis or the attorney general because we have things that they can be doing and that's like bringing resources for the COVID 19 pandemic to address this daily virus and people are dying you know we talk about the murders well let's talk about since march 2020 we had over 174 COVID 19 related deaths but the same attention is not a directed to uh, to that so we have to do our jobs and what i'm saying not every case is ready in 90 days. If we had this like time period that we have every case is ready, we we have to look at evidence. We have to we have to look at who who we have to make this case and that is done between the prosecutor's office and working with the police department which we work well together with. And we have to stop this false narrative that somehow someone who's never been in the city of St. Louis has this the key to solving these cases, which really it's actually showing the the, the, the lack of actual um, ability to understand the process. And what we're talking about is prosecutorial discretion. And sometimes some things don't need to be charged because, one, we don't have the evidence. And actually, wrongful convictions is just as dangerous as actually solving these cases. And until we as a as a group understand that we have someone right now that conviction integrity unit has overwhelming evidence of their innocence but the attorney general is fighting that this is lamar johnson this is lamar johnson so if he cares about doing the right thing let's stay in his lane and actually um look at when a prosecutor is saying this person should be let go Mm -hmm. because we've done our job then why are you fighting it's about justice It's not just certain individuals that they decide to use as a political pandering move to direct from their failed leadership on every level of government. And that's what we need to focus on.
0: Do you think if the governor and the state legislature sincerely cared about trying to help help you in your job as prosecutor of St. Louis and cared about trying to address that murder rate in St. Louis, do you think there are things that they could be doing legislation-wise that would help you?
1: Yes, there's a lot. Let's start with when there, when I was a state legislator and I begged my colleagues and I begged the attorney general who was a senator as well as Governor Parson, who was a senator, were they good at the gun laws and made us an open carry, permitless, stand your ground state? So if they think that this violent crime has nothing to do with bad policy let's look at that where well, they fail to expand access to health care and let's see if they're going to prevent when we the, the people of the state of Missouri overwhelmingly want a medicaid expansion so hopefully that we have individuals who are against access to health care won't stop that we also have to look at if we really want to fund um, the root causes is what drives individuals to the criminal justice system. Let's talk about funding education appropriately, because we do have a lot of broken systems that we're dealing with, and let's address the wage disparities and poverty, which has been an issue for decades in the city of St. Louis, and that's what we have to deal with. If they want to really address violent crime in the city of St. Louis, then let's give people the root, the, the address the root causes of what drives individuals to the criminal justice system. But we do nothing. We say nothing.
0: We're talking to St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. And Kim, we heard from a number of our listeners who had questions for you. I, I'm sure you know everywhere you go, people have a lot of strong opinions about what you're doing. And one of the things that, that frankly, I hear more than anything else is people talk about how there has been a lot of turnover in your office. And Tom asked on Twitter, why has the number of prosecutors dropped so dramatically? And isn't that a sign of mismanagement? I'd love for you to address that because that does seem to be this thing that, that comes up a lot when people are talking about your office.
1: Well, first of all, let's say this, when you're changing a whole system and you have a whole philosophy change in terms of reform on a prosecutor really dealing the hard work, getting to the root cause of what drives individuals to the criminal justice system, then you're going to have individuals who do not believe in that philosophy or vision. And they have the ability in cases to, to sign on to that vision or decide to go somewhere else. And... There's many reasons why people left. And if you can look at other administrations before me that had similar turnover. And one of the reasons why we have turnover in our office is that we are competing with other offices in terms of salary. Mm-hmm. We try more cases than any jurisdiction around the state of Missouri, and we try more violent cases. So one year with the city of St. Louis is like 10 years anywhere else. Even St. Louis County, we try more cases than them. So when you, can, you can't compete, and that's why we put ourselves in the Prop P funding to increase our salary up to $50,000, which the starting salary was $40,000, and that's the first time in over 30 years our office had across-the-board raises. Hmm. That's how you retain attorneys, but our attorneys are marketable, and they go other places, and that's the turnover that other offices, if you look at around the country as well as in the state of Missouri, turnover is an issue for everybody. Second of all, when you have the scrutiny and the misinformation by the powerful few who wanted to characterize our work as we're not doing our job, that also makes it difficult to retain individuals because one of the things that people don't understand, when you're criticizing the work of these hard-working men and women on the police department as well as the prosecutor's office, you're criticizing those line attorneys that take less money with six-figure debt who want to do their job, want to be here, but then you have the powerful few saying that they're not doing enough. And so enough is enough. uh, We always talk about who left. Let's talk about who stayed. And I find it disrespectful that everybody wants me to focus on who left. Well, I'm going to say I appreciate the people who stayed. I appreciate their work, and they're working under difficult conditions that has been put out there by the powerful few who want to misguide and misdirect and always talk about we can't, we're not doing something, but it's funny that none of this, these tactics and none of these scrutiny for the last circuit attorneys who had this office, George Peach or Jennifer Joyce or anyone else, D. Joyce Hayes, no one talked about their turnover and said that they can't run an office because people left. Well, it's a, it's a culture shift. It's actually a dynamic shift in terms of the philosophy of the one-size-fits-all uh, tough-on-crime rhetoric does not work anymore. And when you have a reform-minded
0: philosophy change, you're going to see people leave. And, and Kim, are you are you currently short-staffed in your office, or do you have the prosecutors you need to, to do what you want to do? Uh, we always need more
1: prosecutors, but we're not as start staffed as some people have put out there, because it's funny how people always want me to fact-check mine, what I say, and I run the office, but no one ever fact-checks um, what this misinformation that people say, I have 17 attorneys. That's simply not true. Of course, we always need more prosecutors. That's every office because we are doing more with less. And we've done that for decades. But at the end of the day, the work is being done. We're still issuing cases. We're still holding people accountable. And the work hasn't stopped since I've taken office.
0: So, Kim, I wanted to make sure to ask you about one more thing today, and this is something that we wanted to talk to you about even before we found out the state attorney general was uh, hoping to come to St. Louis and and start getting in on your turf here. Uh, Federal agencies are also coming to town, and I know you've worked closely with the U.S. Attorney's Office um, for years. They're handling a lot of gun prosecutions in St. Louis City, among other things, but this Operation Legend um, brings in a lot more federal law enforcement people. How do you feel about that? Like I said
1: before, I believe anything that's going to help uh, address unsolved um, murders and serious violent crime, I support that. But what I don't support is the trend that when federal agents are coming into certain jurisdictions like Portland, Portland, Oregon, and violating people's civil rights and causing issues that we all have heard about, um, they will be held accountable like anyone else. And I just want to add, people forget that we have... A police department that does their job and I and of course if they need help that's for the mayor and the public safety director to, to talk about and the police chief but we still have the two issues lack of trust with the criminal justice system are they gonna solve that um, people not coming forward because um, they're afraid are we solving that so we need to have better conversations of how we bring people together and I understand the 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 goal of, of, of helping out But do not act like because we simply have more police presence, is that the answer? Because it's not. Because we have a pretty large number of police officers right now. Mm -hmm. And if they can't do the job, we have over 1,200 police officers and less than 300,000 people in the city of St. Louis alone. And in major cities, we have more than most some of the mid-level, same, similarly situated cities. So the answer is not just more presence of law enforcement, it's actually how we identify crime drivers, which I'll be glad to work with individuals from the feds as well as other law enforcement counterparts to really address. And that's the key to a reducing violent crime. And I've already, I work well with the gang intervention, unit. I work well with Lieutenant Colonel Ronnie Robinson, but we have to have a strategic plan to identify those crime drivers because we're talking about less than 3% of the population. So let's focus on that 3%, not blanket everyone with the same old tactics of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. It's not going to work.
0: It is interesting. I mean, you mentioned this sort of per capita number of officers. St. Louis does have quite a few more than, than similar sized cities. And, and if you break this down per capita, we have a large number of officers here, but that hasn't made a difference here. And I guess that goes back to your whole argument and this argument that 60% of people agreed with you on we need to do things differently here. What, how long is it going to take for us to be able to start seeing some results of this different um, different approach that you have brought in the last three years and now voters are saying they want you to have four more years to do it?
1: Well, I think that we are seeing um we're seeing results. It just takes time because we didn't get here overnight. we didn't get here in four years we're not gonna we we didn't get here in eight years. We actually have been doing things for centuries the wrong way, and so we have to one engage the community in ways that most prosecutors' office and most law enforcement has not done. We have to look at how we can address the systemic racism that we know exists. And the Ethical Society of Police is saying that is a big barrier to how they do their jobs every day. And so we need to pay attention to what the line um, police officers are saying that the culture of the police department needs to be changed, as well as how we do a better job of engaging communities because – People think when I talk about lack of trust with law enforcement, I'm just talking about the police department. No, it's the whole system. It's the fear that you call the police. Things escalate. So now everyone is getting arrested because they have a warrant for a minor traffic ticket. and Or if you go before the prosecutor's office, you're charged more than everyone else. And at the same time, if you go before a judge, now you're sentenced to long periods of time. And in this state, well, we have an attorney general who can't, who had a report released that, African-Americans are stopped more than any other group in the whole state of Missouri, when is the attorney general and when is the governor going to address systemic racism that is, the police department is not immune from? And the whole system needs to actually identify and understand how we can do a better job so when there is a violent crime driver in the community people will feel comfortable coming forward and we have examples where I have worked with the police to go out with Captain David Dorn go out and call for the community to come forward because they took this man's life in a callous cold way and many others and so we work together and the community spoke and then that case was solved and we can do this all the time but we have to have buy-in that means law enforcement has to go into communities that they never went in before and they're going to have to take some criticism because to earn respect you have to, to 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 earn it from the people you have to go and you have to understand their pain understand their problems and the issues and let's address them and it's one issue at a time but we have the short-term solution hold a violent crime accountable but at the same time to have the long-term long-term effects We have to address the root causes, and that's what we have to do.
0: Well, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, you've got a tough job, um, but I wanna thank you so much for joining us today, and congratulations again on uh, your Democratic primary victory just last week. It seems like so much time has passed, but congratulations, and thank you. Thank
1: you, and I appreciate it. And just wanna say thank you for giving me this opportunity. You know, this is um, important. You know, we have a 97% felony conviction rate overall. We're doing the job, but I want people to understand It takes all of us to work together, and we can't continue to have this divisive rhetoric led by the governor, as well as the attorney general, because that does nothing but divide us all.
0: Well, thank you, and we are going to stay on this story, and I hope we can have you uh, back again soon.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.